Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 5, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. So far, we've seen in the book of Romans Paul has accused all of humanity of being sinful and guilty before God. Paul said in Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Paul accuses all humanity, the heathen, the hypocrite, and the Hebrew, all guilty before God. And Paul also made it clear, if you've been with us, you know, Paul also made it clear that no one is going to heaven based on their good works. And then Paul also introduced to us what I like to call the miracle of justification. I like that word, justification. Remember, it means just as if I'd what? Never sinned. We've been justified. The miracle of justification. In other words, listen, saints, at the moment that a person gives their life to Christ, at that very moment, the Bible teaches that God justifies you and God imputes or reckons, or credits to your account the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Justification, as we talked about, is pronounced. It's not earned. It's not deserved. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough. You can't do anything to cause yourself to be justified in the sight of God. God is infinitely holy. If you know that, say amen. God is infinitely holy, and we are sinful through and through. If you know that, say amen. Amen. Why is the amen a little less hearty on that one? (laughs) Say a hearty amen. Amen. There you go. But it's still true. And whether you agree or not, it's still true. We are sinful through and through. And we need justification. I need justification because there's nothing I can do to make myself right with God. We're justified by the blood of Jesus. If you get nothing else out of this whole topic of justification that we've been talking about for the last couple of months, if you get nothing else out of it, get this. Justification is an act of God. Amen, saints? It's an act of God. It's all God. Justification That's good news. But listen, the news gets even better. Don't you love good news? I like better news. The news gets even better. Because we are justified, listen, saints, being justified comes with benefits. Now, that's another word I love. (laughs) Benefits. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Look, you get a job. You go for an interview. The boss tells you, 
this is going to be your salary. And it's a good salary. And you get all excited, all tingly. Because you're going to make a good salary and get off of welfare. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're going to get a good salary and you go, oh, yeah, that's a great salary. But don't you love to hear those words? Not only are you going to get a good salary, but this job comes with benefits. You go, oh, oh, yeah. You go, benefits. I love benefits. We all love benefits. Well, listen, what Paul is going to teach us this morning is that with justification, are you listening? With justification comes benefits. There are benefits that come with, and there are incredible benefits, by the way, that come with being justified. That's what we're going to talk about this afternoon. Romans chapter 5, we pick up in verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Therefore, in verse 5, having been what saints? Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, through Christ, we also have what? Access. Underline that. By faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And saints, not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. What? Knowing that tribulation has a purpose. What's the purpose? It produces what? Uh-huh. And perseverance, what? Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. And perseverance what? And character what? Hope. And hope does not disappoint. It doesn't disillusion. It won't make you ashamed. And here's why. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Boy, stop. Look. I love this. This is beautiful. With justification comes benefits. Listen, the whole argument of the book of Romans from chapter one, two, three and four. The whole argument of the book comes to this point in chapter five, verse one, that we are justified by faith. And the first benefit, are you listening? Are you writing this down? The first benefit of justification or being justified is that we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Now, I want you to notice, look at it again in your Bibles. We have been justified by faith. And notice it says we have peace with God. Now, in the Greek language, listen, this is written in the present tense in the Greek language. And so it literally reads, we are having peace with God. In other words, the peace that we have with God is an ongoing thing. It's in the present tense, means it continually happens. We are continually having peace with God. Now, this is important. Look at me. This is important because the Bible teaches that before a person becomes a Christian, they are an enemy with God. They are at war with God. God is their enemy. They're fighting against God. You know, some people don't understand that. They think just be, when I, before I become a Christian, well, you know, Jesus is all right with me. 
Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. How you feeling me? You know, oh, uh, you know, I mean, God, I mean, we got it like that. I mean, the big kahuna, the man upstairs, it's all good. God is good. He's all right. And everything's cool. People have that casual attitude. Listen, the Bible doesn't. Jesus says, you're either for me or against me. The Bible is very, very clear. Before you become a Christian, Jesus is not just all right. He's not the big kahuna. He's not just the man upstairs and y'all okay. No, the Bible says you are at war with God. You are an enemy with God. And because you are an enemy with God, the Bible is then very clear that you are under condemnation. Because you're an enemy. Now, condemnation means God declares us sinners, which is a declaration of war. Justification means God declares us righteous, which is a declaration of peace. So when you become a Christian, you have made your peace with God. How many of us have heard people say, I made my peace with God? Well, that means, have you? Have you? Okay. Three, four of us? Okay. I can work with that. It's all right. Five, six. All right. All right, that's enough. And uh, we made our peace with God. And that means, you know, well, I made my peace with God. Well, that means that you've you've come into a right relationship with God. That means you made your peace with God. That means you, 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 you have come into fellowship with God. It almost it means literally that you have waved the white flag. You give up and God has won. Say amen. God has won and he's won you over to his side. And now you've come into fellowship with God. You made your peace with God. And don't confuse that with Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, which says that we have the peace of God. The peace of God can only be experienced, watch this, when you make your peace with God. Okay, good. And we all understand. And you can't have the peace of God until you've made your peace with God. Thank you, my sister. You can't have the peace of God until you have made your peace with God. And if you think that you're experiencing the peace you're experiencing the peace of God and you haven't experienced that peace with God or made your peace with God, then that's a false peace. Which is what the Bible says will be the air, the environment in the last days. Men will say, Jesus said, peace and safety and then sudden destruction. There's a false peace if you have not made your peace with God. God, if you understand so far, say amen. Amen. So Paul here, he says the war is over. God has won. Now, after you make your peace with God, as I said, then you can experience the peace of God. The first benefit of justification. The second benefit, if you're still listening, of being justified is notice in verse two again in your Bibles, you have access. You have access. Paul says, not only do we have peace with God, but we also have what saints access to God. Now, the word access could be translated protocol, protocol. 
It speaks of the proper way of approaching royalty. Believers have the proper way to approach royalty. And even better yet, our dad is the king. Do you know, you just don't approach royalty any way you want. You don't walk up to the president and go, yo, man, let me have a word with you. You might get shot. You won't have a word. Be pushing up daisies. You don't do that. Hello. And you don't walk up to the prime minister or any ambassador or any person of influence or royalty and just come into their presence because you think you have access when you don't. Believers have the proper way to approach God. We have access because we have been justified. We have access because we have been reconciled. We have access because Jesus has given us that access to the Father. 24-7, Jesus made available the accepted means to walk into the presence of God. And then he told his disciples. Remember, he gave them the Our Father, which is a model prayer, not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That was a model prayer. And when Jesus said to the disciples, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Abba, Father. The word Abba is an Aramaic term, and it means father. And it's the most intimate term that you can use that speaks of intimacy and relationship. Abba, you got to understand, when Jesus said, say, Abba, Father, the disciples were like, what? You mean we can pray and talk to God like that? Because Jesus was, in effect, telling them, you now have access. You now, because of relationship, because of intimacy, because you now have the accepted means by which to approach the Father, you can pray, Abba, Father. You can come into the presence of God, all based on relationship. Abba means Father. Ima means mother. If you go to Israel today, you'll hear little children running behind their father saying, Abba, Abba, Ima, Ima, and that high-pitched annoying little voice kids do. (laughs) Ima, Ima, Abba, Abba. And it speaks of intimacy. It speaks of relationship. Because you've got the intimacy. Are you listening? Because you've got the relationship. You can just come in. It's like when I'm in my study. And tell my secretary, I'll say, hey, you know, I'm not taking any phone calls. If you would, you know, don't put any calls through. And, you know, I'm in my office. I'm studying and, you know, keep people from knocking on the door or whatever, whatever, because I'm in the inner sanctum. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I just, I'm not, I don't have, nobody can have access right now. There are two people or persons who know, no matter what, they have access. That's Elvira. 
She don't have to go to my secretary and say, hey, would you mind if I see my husband? Her body like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, what? I don't have access? I don't think so. Access granted. <laughs> you know. And uh, so Elvira, she can just come in. She don't have to knock. She don't even have to knock. I mean, I prefer if she knocks. But if she does, she doesn't. If she does, she doesn't have to knock. She can just come in. Why? Because she's my wife. Because we got a relationship. And the second persons are my children. And they take advantage of that access. I mean, they, 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 they don't even knock. Like, well, the dad, dad, dad. Um, well, you know, Abba, Abba, I'm shut up. Uh, can you see? I'm talking with somebody. I'm meeting with people. I'm praying right now. What do you want? Well, Abba, can I have some money? Because it's always money. <laughs> Parents, you, can I get a witness? You know that's right. Always got to. But they have access. Why? Because of relationships. So as Jesus now listen, as he's talking to his disciples and he's explaining that they have access to the father, that was shocking because they knew their Bibles and they knew their history. And they knew that under the old covenant, no one had access to God. That God was unapproachable in the old covenant. Oh, you remember way back in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 at the fall, God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden. And he sealed the garden and no man had access to his presence. And then in the wilderness, if you've been with us on Wednesday night, you know, the people were told not to come near the mountain. And then in the tabernacle, in the temple, as God was there behind the veil of the temple, the Shekinah glory of God hovered over the, the, the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. And there was an 18 inch thick veil that had gold Angels, threads on it. It was beautiful. And no man had access to God except the high priest. And even that, once a year, in the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, God was unapproachable. So when Jesus tells the disciples, when you pray, say, Abba, Father, Jesus was saying to them, listen, you now have access. Not only was he saying to the disciples, you now have access, but he's also saying to us today, we have access. How do you know, Rodney? Because Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 tells us, let us come what? Boldly to the throne of grace. That's access granted. That we may obtain mercy and find grace when saints to help in a time of need. We have access. Amen. And not only do we have access, but notice the Bible tells us we have access into this grace. Look at verse two into this grace in which we stand this grace where we stand. Now, I'm not trying to bore you with Greek, but here we go again. This phrase we stand is again in the Greek language in the present tense. In other words, it's something that happened in the past. But the results carry into the future. And even if something would come against that grace, it cannot be removed. It's the grace in which we continually stand. We stand firm in grace. We stand sure in grace. We stand eternally in grace. In grace, saints, listen. In this grace, we stand 
we don't stand in our worthiness. You got to know. We don't stand in our worthiness. I've heard people praying, beginning their prayer. If you pray this way, please stop. Dear Lord, I am so unworthy to come into your presence. And God is probably in heaven going, duh. What? Did you think you were ever worthy? Of course you're not worthy to come into God's presence. None of us are worthy to come into God's presence. If you pray that way, then stop. Because even in that prayer of, Lord, I'm not worthy to come into your presence. Well, in some ways, some hidden message in there as if you could be worthy. You can never be worthy to come into God's presence. If you could be worthy and there was something that you could do to get worthy, God would tell you in the Bible. God would say, look, here's how you get worthy. Go up to the mountain, sit in the pretzel position, study your navel, come down, grow eight pound watermelons and take them to a swap meet and sell them. And after you've sold 100, then you are worthy. That's ridiculous. Because... There's nothing you can do to be worthy. That's why Jesus went to the cross, because we are unworthy. Somebody, please say amen. That's why he went to the cross, because you couldn't do it for yourself. And by the way, that's why he didn't tell you to go to the cross. Because we're unworthy, and he knows that. And that's why Jesus died. So we stand in grace. We stand in grace. It's all grace. Because we are unworthy, it's all grace. Everything we do is about grace. We stand in grace. We live in grace. We breathe in grace. We walk in grace. You guessed it. We talk in grace. It's all about grace. We have access because of grace. And you're justified because of grace. In him, you are worthy. Listen, these verses could be translated this way. Through Jesus Christ, we have gained access to God in the past, and we still enjoy that access, and we gain the gift of grace of this access through our faith. And we not only have stood in this access, but we are still standing in it. Amen, Amen saints? It's grace. Number three, talking about being justified and the benefits of justification Notice Paul says, I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I rejoice in verse two in the hope of the glory of God. Now, listen, give me your attention. This word hope is not a worldly hope. It's not like, you know, I hope I get the job. I hope I get married. I hope the fish are biting. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. It's not that kind of hope. That's a worldly hope. When the Bible talks about hope and biblical hope, the Bible is talking about something that is of a certainty. The hope that we have in Christ is a certainty. It's not a possibility. It's a certainty. We're going to heaven. Had you thought of this lately? We are going to heaven. And it is a certainty that God is going to take us to heaven. And the Bible says it's going to happen any time now. Amen. You don't know. It could happen today. Might happen before we get to chapter 6. 
You don't know. It could happen. The Bible says it's going to happen with a shout, with the trump of God and, and with the voice of an archangel. We're going to be changed, the Bible says, in the speed of light. And this corruption will take on incorruption. And this mortal, the Bible says, will put on immortality. We are going to heaven. Isn't that a lovely thought? There's a choice word. Lovely. Going to heaven is a lovely thought. When we get to heaven, listen, you won't be tired in heaven. Heaven is different than here. You won't be tired. You won't worry in heaven. You won't worry, you know, you can't get those washboard abs. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you won't worry about that in heaven. You know, if you're a kid, you won't have to worry about going to bed. In heaven, you can go to bed whenever you want. You won't even have to take a bath in heaven. Some of the boys are like, yeah. I'm not so sure about that. In heaven, listen, there'll be no more sin, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more divorce, no more mental institutions, no more hospitals, no more abortion, no more child abuse, no more child abduction, no more politics, no more politics. <laughs> Somebody say amen, no more politics. In heaven, it's going to be different in heaven. No more pain and no more tears and no more police and no more lawyers in heaven. No more lawyers. No more lawyers. In heaven. No more traffic tickets. That's a good thing for me. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.